driving gloves were a combination of gearheads. John the instigator, Derek the conservator, Will the builder, Sean the racer, and maybe a guest invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at No Driving Gloves. Time now for the ride. Okay, we're giving it a try tonight. We got a new, well, new intro graphics. Same old uh, intro song. That's pretty fancy. Here we go. Oh, and we've got the, uh, I guess, the original uh, Three Musketeers here. A little bit late. I apologize. My fault. Um, have to have to take care of the little woman and um, say happy birthday to her. So unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. I'm sorry. I know it's it's not a car thing, but she lets me do this. So <clears throat> we saw what happened with the old woman and uh, that I didn't make her happy. But you was doing this before her, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told Tammy. I was messing with cars before I was messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you were. I don't know. I can't right. remember how far you guys go back, but I don't want to get into that with you and get you into trouble. This is no uh, longer a family. I show. had already I had already graduated McPherson before me and her had ever met. So Oh, so we can talk about all your escapades at McPherson. Not sure. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not. not. Not like she watches the show or listens. You're exactly right. She's asleep right now. Yeah, you know, somebody might watch it and say, hey, do you know what Will said he did? <laughs> oh, boy, digging up bones. I don't think we want to go there. Oh. No, geez. Probably... Maybe starting at this time is great. Um, we've seen no, wait, wait, a wait. ton of viewers wait, right now. What? What did Will do to the exhaust pipe? What? What? I would Whoa. probably get. I would probably get canceled if. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, it's been discussed quite heavily. You know that JRE dude out there that's in trouble, and you know he took a hundred grand, and he's find or a hundred million, and he's finding out why he shouldn't have. He can get canceled because he's on a platform supported by sponsors. We're independent we can do whatever we want and we're also on um the podcasting 2.0 platform which supposedly we can never get thrown off of no matter what we say or what we do and you know we can have alex jones on as a guest so but that's enough of that does anybody want to touch on anything personal or should we jump right into the topic and hit the personal stuff towards the end of the show i know wow this is this is i mean we're really going for it right touching personal things hitting personal things i mean this is no longer the no driving gloves it was before yeah um should we all pan down to prove that we're not touching certain things (laughs) this is like the six o'clock news do I have pants on or do I not have pants on? <laughs> Schrodinger's pants. That's Don't what it is. Don't stand up, Derek. Do not <laughs> stand up. <laughs> oh, so. So I, do you have a topic for us tonight, John? Or yeah, and I actually, going? I'm kind of blocking it, but that's the way my backgrounds work. If you want to see the real background, you know, check out what are some of the gra- graphics from the show. But there's a lot of articles over the last few days from General Motors and Ford discussing market adjustments. My head's in the way here, but this, uh, I always get this screwed up. Eh, this one right here, 
That's a uh, Audi RS6 that has a $50,000 market adjustment. The other sticker that's here is an old Hellcat um, addendum having a $150,000 markup, making it like a $212,000 uh, Hellcat. Um, I think it was actually a wide body, whatever. But um, it seems Ford's getting in. Ford's having a problem with that. General Motors has had a problem with that. Ferrari, every, every manufacturer has had a problem with that. And I'm just set in the background here. And yes, we're all aware the dealer or the manufacturer cannot tell the dealer what to sell the car for. They can suggest. That's why it's MSRP, Manufacturer Suggested Retail Price. Dealer can, you know, is under no legal obligation um, to follow that suggested price. Now, the and that's what the dealers say. We can charge whatever we want, and the manufacturer can't tell us. And the dealer's right. Well, what Ford has done and what General Motors has done, and General Motors came out and said dealers charging excessive market adjustments on their Z06s may not get an allocation of Z06s to deliver to these people that they've charged too much. Uh, Ford has come out, and this is from the CEOs of both companies, Ford has come out and told their dealers that we need to cut this out, especially um, going towards the new Ford Lightning F-150. Uh, because some of these dealers are charging ten and $20,000 market adjustment to allow you to place an order. And Ford's argument is, we're building this truck, we're putting it out, we're going into a new market segment, electric vehicles, and we're going up against Riven, and we're going up against Tesla that doesn't have a dealer market or have a dealer network, hence they don't have these dealer markups. If Tesla says the Cybertruck is $75,000, made up number, well, Cybertruck's probably made up, <laughs> it's $75,000. One of them's real. It just doesn't um, have windows. Whatever Riven's charging for a Riven pickup, everybody's paying the same. There are no dealer markups. If Riven decides, oh, wait, We've got too many orders. They might take that truck from 70 grand to 80 grand themselves, but then everybody's paying 80. It makes no difference. And Ford's saying, we can't have this. We need to be able to state a price because the people buying electric vehicles right now expect that. Um, and, you know, I asked the question on the, the Facebook page, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of guilty of it. Uh, that, you know, what are people's opinions? And somebody did post that they just paid a market adjustment to get their new vehicle. And I asked him, you know, why? And he pointed out that he, he paid, I guess, it's on the Facebook page, they were had a $3,000 market adjustment, he paid 2000 He talked them down to 2000 paid that much. And it's on a Ford Maverick. And he has a Ford Maverick on order, which when he ordered it, they told him three to four months. And I kind of told him when he did that, lots of luck, because they haven't even let me order the ones that I have on order. And now he's being told December. So he went out, found one, paid the market adjustment based on the fact 
that Carvana has a Ford Ranger on their site, base two-wheel drive model, um, EcoBoost, $29,000 sticker price, new. It's used on Carvana for $39,000, and it's pending sale. <laughs> a Carvana doesn't negotiate. So somebody's paying ten grand over sticker for a used Maverick. And he goes, well, I can pay two over sticker for a new Maverick. And, well, I guess that's okay. And I, why I say I'm kind of guilty of it is, well, I have my $200 deposits on Mavericks and I haven't ordered the trucks yet. But I did that assuming I'm going to be able to flip those contracts, you know, hopefully for $1,000 or $1,500 a piece when the dealer's ready to place those orders just so that they have allocation. That's why Ford did that. The orders on the Mavericks is $100. You get to order it spec it, whatever. And when I or, or when I did my reservations, they said, we don't care if you ever get the truck. We just have to have names on them. We have to have names and we have to have bank accounts that aren't tied to us to get the allocations. And then if you order the truck and you say, no, we're not charging you or anything, you can just give it up. Well, I'm banking. I'll get a couple of bucks out of it eventually. So... That's the long story, how we get here. Do you guys have thoughts or opinions as much as you can state um, on this? Here, here's how I look at it. If I go out and buy a bunch of Holly products, I got them sitting on the shelf. Holly don't have them. You can't get them off Holly's website right now. Yeah, I'm going to mark it up. I'm going to make some money. And, you know, and I, and I don't blame the dealerships for that. If somebody is so impatient that they're willing to pay $30,000 more than to wait six months, okay, I would take the 30 grand. I don't blame them at all. I would be doing the same thing if I owned a dealership right now. So they've, they've paid their dues. They've, they've done what they've had to do to become dealers. Just like I have here at Big Oak Garage. I'm a dealer for a lot of different companies. No, I'm not a dealer for Ford or Chevy or Dodge or anything like that. But it's just a smaller scale. And, you know, I do I think it is a little excessive marking something up fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 and doubling the price on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if I was in their shoes and people are willing to pay it, I'm doing the same thing. So, I mean, I... I I, I, that may sound greedy, may sound like I'm an asshole, um, but at the end of the day, it's all about um, making money. And if they've done what they've done in the past to keep their dealership and to sell cars and, and, and to have them sitting on the lot, hey, mark them up, make you money when you can. Because what's, what's it going to be like three years from now? They may be loaded and can't even sell nothing. So that's my opinion on it. Well, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I mean, welcome to capitalism, right? There supply and demand. The supply's low, the demand's high, prices are going to go up. But on, on the flip side too, there's also the, um, you know, there's nothing out there that says the, uh, the manufacturer can't punish them. You know, they, the there manufacturer can say, Hey, if, if you want to do it, guess what? We're not giving you any, you know, it's, it's, so in the end, the dealership has the right to do it. I mean, there's there's nothing in their 
contracts, as you already said, John, you know, MSRP um, is suggested retail price. Doesn't mean you have to stick to it. Most of them always bump it up a little bit uh, above MSRP. And, you know, it's, it's, we're in a unique situation in the auto industry right now um, that is leading to this, you know, the chip shortages, um, the pandemic has not helped overall with jobs, things like that. And, you know, if I think it's what Will said, you know, if, if people are, um, I'll apologize ahead of time. Sorry if I offend anyone, if people are dumb enough to go out and pay, you know, these ridiculous markups. Now, granted, a couple grand, uh, you're probably going to be okay in the long run, but 50, 100,000 over, if you're if you're that anxious to get the car and you're going to do that, that's that's your own. I mean, that that's on you, man. That's That is not the dealership's fault. Because here's the thing. If no one went in, and bought that a lot and put a down payment on that allotment for a new Maverick or a new Z06 or anything, guess what would stop? Ridiculous markups because no one would, everybody would be going, you know what? Screw you. I'm not doing that. And they'd go, okay, well, we're not going to sell cars doing that. So back it up and put them at MSRP. Uh, so it's, it, it, it comes down to, I mean, basic capitalism supply demand and what people are willing to shell out. And I mean, it's, it's rampant in the car market from new cars to used cars, to classic cars. Barrett Jackson auction was ridiculous. The prices that were going on there for the quality of some of those cars, it is across the board. The bubble is too high and it's going to burst. In, in throughout the market, throughout the car, I mean, the classic car world, this this bubble is too high. Uh, it's going to burst. It, it has to. Okay, let's take the pandemic out of it. Let's take this anomaly that we've had the last 18 to 24 months with the car market out of this. Uh, Ford, a couple of years ago with the GT second generation, second generation of the new Ford GT, whatever, the 2019 Ford GTs. You know, Ford really mandated that they, you know, when you bought them, you could not resell them for two years to help market speculation. They warned the dealers that if they found out you were marking up over sticker, you would lose your allocation, period, no, nothing. So is it wrong? We, we think we're all in agreement that capitalism says, yeah, we can mark up to whatever the consumer is willing to pay. And if the consumer is not willing to pay it, we can come down a little bit. But is it wrong for the manufacturers to say, hey, we've had a team of accountants look at the numbers and beat the numbers and research everything. And we feel this is the competitive price where everybody can make enough money to survive. Um, is it wrong? My question right now is going to be, is it wrong for the manufacturers to try to enforce that suggested retail price? Like if, you know, Holly said to Will, you know, okay, you're doing this, but you get no more, you know, four barrel double pumper, you know, 750 CFM carburetors for, you know, three years. Is it worth making the extra money? Yeah. Well, so wait, is it is it worth making the extra money? Because weren't you also asking if it's right for the 
the manufacturer to do that, you kind of changed midstream there. Well, I, guess, I want to make yes, sure I, I, is, we have the discussion. The, yeah. Okay. Is it right for the manufacturer to try to blackmail you into keeping the. It's not blackmail though. Now. Okay. I'm not a dealership owner. I'm not a licensed dealer like Will is of parts, but you sign an agreement with those that did manufacturer. There's probably language in there that's going to screw you in the end. They're, they're able to do, they know what they can do in their agreement. And they're going to come to you and say, we're going to take your allocations away if you try something. And it, it's probably, I, again, I'm not a dealer. I haven't ever signed one of those. I've never read one of those contracts, but it's probably in the contracts that, you know, they, that manufacturer has the right to do certain things. Um, and Will, you can probably speak to it because I'm betting you if you did something that one of your, um, the people you represent and, and sell stuff for, there's something in there that they're going to take stuff away from you. Oh, yeah, they could yank it from you. Um, the biggest thing is selling it too cheap. If they see you advertising, I'm going to use um, Vintage Air for an example. You know, they have uh, map pricing. So you can't really advertise their products really less than retail. So, you know, there are special occasion things where, you know, you know, Black Friday 10% off or free shipping, stuff like that. But um, if if you're selling it too cheap, then you're going to get a phone call, you know, and um, I've, I've never heard of anything getting in trouble for selling it too high. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I've um, um, I've actually been close to. I got in trouble one time about it and uh, selling it to a friend. Friend ran their mouth to the wrong person. That person went back to the the manufacturer and, um, you know, I got in trouble. So guess what? The deals went out the door. Sorry. So it's not worth, you know, it's not worth me selling it to one of my buddies at a discounted rate, you know, at my cost or whatever. And then I lose my dealership. Well, that's what, you know, ultimately pays Chris to sit here and do payroll and order parts and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, you gotta be careful. I don't know if I got an answer to my question. You gotta be careful. You know, say Apple has the same thing I know in the computer industry that basically what they say an iPhone costs or a MacBook costs or whatever, that's what you have. You cannot charge below that price. I don't think anybody really ever charges above that price. And that's why when an Apple product goes on sale at Target, it's also on sale at Best Buy, Walmart, the Apple store, just about anywhere. Um, you know, they're, they're controlling the prices that way. Um, you know, I alluded to the Ford GT and the way dealers got around that one is all of a sudden there were these embroidered Ford GT coats at the dealerships that were $100,000. You bought a coat and you could order a car. Is that okay? Well, it's like the old uh, old saying in NASCAR. <laughs> it's it's not it's not what's in the rule bu- rule book. It's what's not in the rule book. That's fact. That's a fact. I mean, I would, I would, I would be jacking it up if I had something sitting here, um, that people wanted. Damn right, I'd be, I'd be just jacking it up. 
So what was the second part of that question, John? Because now I'm not remembered. So we went off on the dealer, the manufacturer uh, portion of it. I'm trying to remember what, what the other part was. I can't quite remember exactly what the other part was, but if we go and say, you know, the dealer has come up and, like I said, did all of that research and paid people to come up with this competitive price that they feel everybody's getting a, a, you know, a fair shake. I mean, let's just, you know, I'm trying to think of just making a off the wall. Well, there's, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll play off the, the show American auto, which at some point we probably should talk about and then the, the car company represented there's pain automobiles and say the pain um, XYZ um, is all of a sudden in high demand and dealers are getting, $100,000 over sticker and say that pain selling, you know, sticker price is a hundred and dealers are getting 200 for it. If all of a sudden cars start showing up at the dealer with a new window sticker at $200,000 um, and pain comes to the dealer and says, well, we were selling them to you for 50. Now we're going to sell them to you for a hundred so that you can, you know, is it okay for the manufacturer to finally say, well, if everybody's taking some money, it's okay for us to come back and charge you more and take more money. Yeah. For me, if they go up, they go up. It's the price you're paying anyway. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be happy about it, but. You yeah, know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sitting. I mean, there. I don't know, right? And I don't know all the, you know, federal. There's, there's a ton of fed, federal regulations that are behind a lot of this too. Um, but I mean, just basic capitalism and you know the basic market that we live in, it's it's perfectly acceptable. Now, what the you know regulatory, you know, federal regulatory groups would do, who knows. Um, but I mean, just at a base swipe through of it, then, yeah, I mean, and, you know, is it, is it, I guess my question would be, is it the manufacturer's responsibility to quelch the issue or is it the consumer's responsibility to quelch the issue? Who, who's, who's ultimately responsible for the market adjustment? See, I've always been good with the market adjustment. I mean, some of them, 150 grand on a Hellcat's to me ridiculous. But if somebody's going to pay 150 grand, they're they're happy with, you know, okay, you know, I've got an extra 150 grand, you know, that I'm not ever going to do anything with. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter a hill of beans to me. Like I say, expense is proportionate to income. And, you know, Bezos is dismantling a bridge because his yacht's too hot tall and doesn't want them to put the masts on after they floated under the bridge, he would rather have the thing assembled at port and then disassemble a historic bridge and people are up in arms, you know, and I'm sure that's a couple million bucks, but to, you know, again, to Bezos, that's like us ordering a pizza. Um, it's the expense, you know, so I've always been good with it, but I think Ford is making a good point is that, Hey, if we want to be competitive in this new world of potentially, no dealerships or direct to consumer selling, which technically in a lot of states is illegal. I mean, there's a reason there are no Tesla dealerships in Alabama is because Alabama strictly prohibits direct sales 
ironically, Texas prohibits direct sales. Tesla can't sell a Tesla in Texas because you can only buy a Tesla from Tesla. Uh, and that's illegal in Texas. And now they've relocated their headquarters there and they're building a factory there. Or they just built a factory there. But Ford's saying, hey, if Tesla tells you this vehicle is going to be this much money and it's in huge demand, which ironically, every tex Tesla vehicle is, or Riven, everything's in huge demand. I mean, Riven sold out for you know, a couple of years of their production, as as is Ford. But if Riven's website says a Riven's 75 grand, if Tesla's website says the car's 50 grand, it's 50 grand. Mm -hmm. Ford's website says a, a lightning, you know, so let's say a base price lightning, I think is just under 50,000. So we'll say 50,000. And I go into a dealership expecting to pay that. And all of a sudden they go, well, no, we want a $25,000 markup. Now it's $75,000. Now I'm going to go, hmm, do I want the Ford or do I want the Riven? You know, Ford's priced that truck to be there so that it's competitive against the competition and they can kind of undersell the competition. But now the dealers are putting it, now people can make a choice. You know, 75 here or 75 there. And I think that's where I kind of agree with Ford is... You know, they're looking at the future and they're looking at protecting a market that they're trying to develop. And if they don't develop this market and protect this market, they're going to lose with customer dissatisfaction overall. So how, how, how can you how can you agree with Ford on them putting their foot down when all they got to do is man up and produce more? So then they're there and then they're not getting the dealers aren't gouging. If they're sitting on the lot, they're going to be selling them for what, what's on the sticker. Ford originally stated production of the 2000, I think 22 or 23, whatever year is going to be first year production of the lightning would be 50,000 units. And the response was so great. It quickly became, we're going to build 85,000 units. Now they're Ford saying, provided they can get all the chips and components, they're going to build 150,000 units the first year of the Ford Lightning. So Ford's so, trying to step up and so it, it meet still consumer goes, demand. It still goes back to Ford because they don't have their crap lined up ready to do it. They don't have the chips and they don't have all this stuff. Why are they doing that? That's so frustrating. We're going to show you this. We're going to sell you this. But you know what? You can't have it because... We don't have all of our ducks in a row yet. Man, that's it's bullshit. <laughs> so Will's totally... How do you about, really feel about it, Will? Yeah, I think Will's totally about let's mark it up and... Uh, I take, am. Take it's, every dime out at, of the customer as possible. At the end of the day, it's all the manufacturer's fault. If they would produce more or have it out when they say they're going to have it out and all this other stuff, nobody would be marking them up because everybody would have the one that they've already ordered, like the new Broncos. I mean, I've got buddies that's had them on order since the day you could order one, and they still don't have them. It's Ford's fault, period. Oh, what manufacturer was I going to throw out there? Um, 
dang, I had a perfect example and now I forgot um, somebody else and I wasn't going to be for that. Oh, Porsche. Volkswagen. Oh, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I guess Volkswagen does own Porsche now, according to the most recent family tree. Um, you know, Porsche is the master of, you know, selling options, taking something out of a car, you know, making a special edition, taking something out of a car and then selling it back to you on that special edition for more money, you know. And, you know, I can't remember what I heard the number was. Out of the last generation, the 911-992.1, I think they had 38 different versions when it was all said and done between Targa, GTS, Carrera, Carrera 4, Carrera 2S, Carrera S, GT2, GT3, GT3 RS, etc. Turbo, Turbo S, Cabriolet, Turbo, whatever. And some of those are just production cars. And, you know, I don't think I've ever really seen a Porsche Turbo above sticker. I guarantee you I've never really seen a Carrera because they're going to build as many as they can sell and Porsche can do that. But Porsche does cater to the dealer markup by let's say the GT2 RS, you know, their statement is we're going to build either X number of cars or we're definitely going to build two fewer than people want. You know, if we have a hundred orders, we're going to build 98 of them. So Porsche is embracing that. And guess what? It seems to work. (laughs) And, and John, John, you're right. They're, they're all doing it. Tesla, GM, they're all doing it. You know, they're all talking about what's, what's coming up and taking orders and nobody's getting them, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to avoid the Tesla conversation in this because I read a really good one about how, how Tesla is handling their chip shortage. Nice job. Not avoiding it, John. Yep. No, I'm not going to tell you why. You guys can look that up yourself. You ain't got to worry about me looking it up because I don't give a shit. <laughs> that was an interesting conversation. Um, I heard on another podcast where he was talking to one of the, the Tesla, des- primarily the Tesla designer, and that how people in the Midwest are um, not ready to embrace the electric automobile, but there's nothing they can do about it because it's coming and it's coming fast. So, yeah, but it, it, we'll it's see. coming, it's coming fast, but it doesn't last as long as an internal combustion when it's going fast. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. It just it just peters out, don't it? Yeah. It's really fast on takeoff just, and, and for like 200 miles. Going. And then it just kind of... If you don't charge it, I mean, my car will eventually stop moving after 400 miles if I don't put gas in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Come on, Derek. <laughs> I mean, you had a great opportunity for another comeback. You're just like, yeah. I, I, I like to let it sit. I like to let it sit for a minute. I like to let it sit for a minute, you know? Man, yeah. Derek, that is so disappointing. Yeah, it takes me. It, it only takes me like five minutes to charge my electric car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm, I'm confused on Derek's electric car. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. You get old. You forget things. <laughs> I've been talking to somebody about that all day. And it's 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 oh, it's no. it's it's too late at night for a bunch of old guys. 
<laughs> oh, it's not too late at night. I got things to do after the show. I'm sure Will does too. He's at the shop. It looks like I'm going. To, I'm going home and going to bed. I was in bed at nine thirty last night. I'm tired. Ooh. I'm tired. Well, he didn't say he was. Sleeping. When was he the first was night you got to sleep in your your own bed, Will? You've been like traveling for two two and a half weeks. Yeah, it was. Um, I did drive back and forth to Birmingham for the World of Wheels. So, uh, but I mean, it's not like I was getting a full night's rest. I mean, I, I'd I would rather drive a little bit and sleep in my own bed because I hadn't been sleeping in my my own bed very much here lately. So, yeah, but it was yeah. worth it. I was going to say to all of our listeners, Will was so kind in telling us in advance that just kind of showed up on the Facebook page, the Big Oak Facebook page. Hey, I'm at World of Wheels and I'm unloading these three fabulous cars. That, you know, yeah, it was it's kind of a spur of the moment thing. So, yeah, a, a spur of the moment. And then what do you do? Walk out of there with the best car of World of Wheels? Oh, yeah, this right here. Yeah, there. first place, first overall. Nice. Eh, it's just a trophy. No, oh, it was ten thousand well, dollars too. <laughs> that's kind of what I uh you know, World of Wheels, it seems, is the master of participation trophies. I think they get most you know, you know, uh preschool soccer clubs beat. You know, everybody gets you nice know, pencil gets a, uh, trophy at World yeah, of Wheels. Stop, if you'd stop World shaking it, might be able to read it. It looks like a really long Duracell battery. That looks like a bullwhip. Sam Foose Memorial Design Award. Hey, did your buddy Chip give you that? He did. Hmm. We won the Sam Foose Memorial Design Award at Grand National Roadster Show with the Impala. There you go. I will cherish this for the rest of my life. Something tells me that's probably in... I don't want to. I don't want to say that for you. Were you going to say that he should put it right next? No, I'm I'm trying to think of exactly. I can't think of the word I want, but because of you know what happened with the green car and chip, that probably feels pretty good to have the man come back and say, "Hey, you can build a fucking good car." Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Oh, awesome. See, I was I was going to ask Will if he was going to put it right next to his Riddler award. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Careful, Will might have a new place to store that. <laughs> Come on, Derek. Come on uh, in here. And you wonder why I don't go to Will's shop anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, he can cool. use the pointy end or the eraser end. Hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, from California back to Alabama, back-to-back weekend car shows. And you had all the owners present in Birmingham, didn't you, of the three? Uh, The owner of the Impala was not able to make it. So. That was Dirty Martini, right? Yes. Yeah. So that kind of sucked. I mean, it it was... I wish he could have been there, um, but well, he probably um, enjoyed getting that call Sunday night. Oh yeah, he did. He was he was tickled to death, so it was pretty neat. 
and we're going to uh, Oklahoma next weekend for the Daryl Starbird deal. I was going to say, so, are you going to tell me that's Daryl Starbird? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they are. Now that uh, should be. They invited us, so um, we figured we might uh, might go up there and see if we can't get a fine nine. You just taking dirty martini, or are you going to take two? Or uh, no, we're just taking uh, dirty martini. So, how so. would it? Um, how was that car? Or you know, obviously, Chip liked it. Um, how was that car received overall? You know. Um, so I'll be honest, Brandy was commenting on the pictures and that, and we're going to have to come up and see the car while it's still at your shop. You know, she just loved the, uh, you know, the green and, you know, the cream and the mixture and how everything flowed on that car. And that's out of photographs. That's at, you know, low resolution Facebook photographs. Right. Oh, um, people like the colors that you chose or cause you, you weren't too sure about the green, were you? No, I was, I was pretty, uh, well, the main reason I didn't want to paint it green is because the dark was green. Um, but that's the only reason I love green. I, I think uh, green has become one of my favorite colors. Um, the, uh, I would say it's been received, uh, better than I thought. I bet I've been asked a hundred times through social media. How can I get that color? Um, and it looks even better in person than it does the pictures. You can't see all the, you know, all the metallic and the gold and, and all that stuff in it. So, um, so is this the introduction of the new Will Posey paint line? Big Oak, <laughs> Big Oak paints, if, Big Oak paints. How, if, how do I, uh, how do I get that paint? It's $1,800 oh. a gallon. And uh, you let me know how many you want, and we'll get it shipped to you in the next six months. <laughs> That's right. But the problem, the problem and, and, is, and by is the way, I, I am the dealer for Big Oak Garage mm. uh, Paints, and I'm charging fifty two hundred dollars again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the, the supply is pretty low. So. <laughs> That's how it yeah. works. So actually, um, that color will be available. Um. I mean, everybody knows I use Exalta, so uh, it will be available through Exalta. I'm not sure when, um, but I know it was put it was put in the main computer at the lab in Pennsylvania as Dirty Martini. So somebody may can look it up and find it right now. I don't know. Um, unfortunately I don't have a mixing system. So therefore I don't have, uh, the database for colors, uh, which, you know, I don't paint enough to, to have a mixing system, but, uh, so that may be something somebody can look up, you know, if you're, if you're an Exalta, uh, shop, type in dirty martini, see if it comes up. If it is, there's the paint code right there. Um, if not, I'm not telling you. Oh, not yet. <laughs> this time next year. Yeah, I might, I might share it with you. It depends on how, how big your wallet is. He'll share it. He'll share it with you. So, yeah. Anyway. John Leach says something about the uh, glass really sets off the green also. What 
are we talking about the glass, the, the flushed glass? Is that what he's referring to? Or I think he's talking about the color of the glass. It's actually uh, got a very, very slight green hue to it as well. A lot of people, a lot of people have have commented on the green glass. Um, was that a conscious decision? You, you know, it just seems weird. But I mean, it, you know, we've talked on this show, you know, about um, Boyd Coddington's statement that you know, if next year, you know, what is it, the Grand National Roadster or whatever, the Riddler car, you know, has engraved valve stems, I'm going to lose again. <laughs> but it, is this? you know colored glass is that a norm in your your industry or is that something that's a kind of a new big oak idea um i guess people don't really i don't know it just hadn't stuck out as much every car that's pretty well come out of big oak garage has had green glass oh. Even the, dark, the dark I, uh, I guess there's just so much of it in that impala that that it, 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 you just, it's just a little more visible plus with a white interior, you know, so it's a lot brighter on the inside and that green in that glass just kind of really comes through. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm seeing it now. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've run, I've run green glass in pretty much every, uh, every car that we've built. I just like the green glass. I mean, that's what they had back in the day. So, yeah. I'm being told by somebody in the studio audience that on the website that's referred to as roadster glass or something, or is that a, um, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's off your website. If that's where I'm wrong, then yeah, maybe, maybe we're incorrect, but whatever, because I was thinking if you're doing that and you know, the, the Cadillac, what if you did a, could, could you do a red tint to the glass? Absolutely. You can do a really, really slight red tint. Um, getting it. So the front and back windshield of the the Impala is actually acrylic. Um, so you kind of got to match your, your, your front and back glass with your side glass. So actually getting a slightly red tinted side glass is pretty difficult because it's actually made of glass, but you could get it made out of acrylic too. Um, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of anything, but pretty much green glass in every hot rod. So, I mean, I just, um, I don't like clear glass. I think it, it looks, it looks cheap for some reason. Um, I've just always been a fan of green glass and, and I guess I get that from uh, from Neil Lee from Rods and Restos. He was the same way, and and um, I've just I've feel that way about it, and so does he. So, green glass is where it's at. See, now I've always I've always been one because I hope you know someday I'm I'm probably gonna build myself some type of high boy. Um, you know, I kind of like the high boy look, and. Uh, I've I've kind of always been one that likes the the blue tint um, that they run on the dry lakes and on the no, I agree with flats, that. and um, I I've always wanted to do blue glass in a a traditional hot rod. Yeah, no, I, I like I like that blue, and I like the yellow, you know, that they run mm-hmm. in some of the gassers back in the day. So no, I'm I'm with you on that, one hundred percent. If it's a traditional styled 
build you can kind of go a little a little crazy with the blue and the green and the yellow and the red and stuff like that that they used to they used to do back in the day in the you know gassers and dry lakes and bonneville cars and stuff like that and remember when you see a, a a car from the 20s that's all original and it looks like it has yellow glass it doesn't it was actually clear originally <laughs> That's the laminations in it, discoloring yes, over the, the years. It's the, it's the nitrocellulose lamination um, discoloring from UV damage, just like nitrocellulose film. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Derek's using big words at, yeah. as we're recording 10, 10 15 at night. <laughs> yes. It just annoys me when people look at a car and, and, and people that should know better, and they're like, oh, I didn't know they had tinted glass back then. Like, no, they... They didn't, people. Come on. <laughs> All you had to do is take it over to West Coast Customs and they'd knock it out for you, right? <laughs> what is it? Brian Freeling Haas? Uh, back 10 in cars back in the teens. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, Earl Automobile Works was doing some cool stuff, Harley and his dad, but no tinting of windows. At least not that I know of. Now I got to go research that. Dang it. All right. Another thing for Derek's to-do list. Heck yeah. It's getting longer by the day. <laughs> That's what she So, <laughs> ooh, Brandy. <laughs> um, so seeing we switched to Will's, you know, talking about old cars rather than new car markups. Uh, seriously, what are you guys thinking about? I mean, we just saw Barrett Jackson happen. What do you think about this giant bubble that we're in in the collector car world? I know Will's happy because all his customers will shell out, you know, any money to to have a, a car built at Big Oak that they can go out and sell. But I drove by Will's place the other day, and there was a dump truck just dumping Bitcoin in his driveway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish. Well, that's that's just because Bitcoin lost a trillion dollars in like one day. So I see it's it's just you know paperweight now. Now, um, I, let, let me just say to all the poor listeners out there that joined Sean and me for last week's show, I guess we're going to rehash it a little bit here. <laughs> See, Derek should have listened to last week's show. Uh, um, I actually, Sean and I kind of went through, and I mean, it was just more like, ooh, this is a cool car. What did it sell for? Wait, that wasn't that ridiculous of a price. Ooh, that was a cool. I didn't find the numbers on a majority of the cars that ridiculous. I actually saw a couple that I thought were extremely low. Like there was a... Um, 37 cord 812 roadster that sold in the 180s and then to make it look even cheaper is a different auction sold a, a, a 37 cord west 812 at westchester uh sedan uh for 228 or something that's so a westchester I, sedan nobody nobody wants those but it sold for more than the roadster right that's but there you go there's the the yeah, it's ridiculous. So uh, maybe the you know, roadster like said, was a good deal, but the other thing is, you know, I was out in Scottsdale. I didn't make it to Barrett Jackson. I I was going to and had some other things come up, and I couldn't get over there. But the folks I was with that went, the the you know the the group I was with, a couple of them went over, 
And the reports I got back was, you know, maybe on TV, it's looking like they're reasonable prices, but the condition of some of the cars that went through and what was being hidden underneath them um, was shocking. It was the reports I was getting. So the money, the prices were competitive, but the quality was frankly crap. Right. So the quality of the car that was going through should not have been bringing that money. It might have looked good on TV, but I guess in person, again, I didn't make it over, but I, a couple of guys I know that I trust and know their stuff said that some of those cars should have been half the price. Well, I'm going to flip something here. Because this was the background we used last week. That's a 1990 Dodge Colt that was oh, at yeah. Barrett Jackson. I don't know which day it sold. And of course, Barrett Jackson's no reserve, so 100% sell through. Now, I owned a 91 Eagle Summit, which was basically th this exact same car in a, a light blue. Do you know what this car sold for at Barrett Jackson? Nope. 90 Dodge Colt. You want to take a guess? $8,500. Not quite. A little bit high. See, this one was $3,500. Seemed like a reasonable number to me. It's if a 1990 were, Dodge Colt. If you were into 19 I'm not talking about <laughs> 1990 Dodge Colts. There are sectors <laughs> of the collector car market that are weak right now. Okay. Even I will even say, microphone? I will even say that brass era stuff is, is more affordable right now than it, it really should be. But, but there Brandy, are. Brandy had a great comment. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Derek, but. That car is crap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can't believe somebody paid $3,500 for it. <laughs> so, I, I mean. mean it's but you know how it you was know that was will that was the chandelier in the tent that was the with, chandelier in the tent that spent that with with your head right there it kind of looks like a crx <laughs> yeah it kind of does did, did you buy it <laughs> well I, I was gonna say if i had the money I wouldn't necessarily be against buying that car for thirty five hundred. Of course, you but would, the only like reason would be is because I had that Eagle Summit. It would be an emotional attachment. And what's the you know what's the odds of finding a freaking Eagle Summit? <laughs> well, but here's the thing: thirty five hundred bucks for that looked like a fairly low mileage, clean car. Thirty five hundred bucks for a daily driver to to instead of flying home to jump in and drive home. Heck, I would have spent that. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, a guy ooh, who did a Saturday bucks, purchase right. at Barrett Jackson could probably buy that with the reward dollars on his credit card. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, I'd like to, I'd like to know the guy that brought it. Because you know, I'd like to know the guy at Barrett Jackson that approved it. He probably <laughs> had more than thirty five hundred dollars getting it there. More than likely, the guy lived in Scottsdale and drove it from his house. <laughs> I was going to say, unless he lives in Scottsdale and he used any of the major carriers to get it there, he lost a lot of money. Yeah, he did. 
it was one of the major carrier truck drivers. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was actually an accident. It was it was it was his daily car for, you know, that he keeps in the truck for when he's places and it they just unloaded it and put it through. Well, I, I don't you know, I don't know if how many of you have seen these reliable trucks. That would actually fit in the sleeper of some of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing I guess we could talk about is you know, Jesus Christ, what do they have? 120 inch sleepers on these things? Oh, whole yeah. other world. Yeah. Those reliable trucks are they're set so up, now. Man. We're now we're in. I'm gonna go. We're into the free free state here. We you know we did talk auctions a little bit. I like your insight of the quality of the cars not being there. But what else we want to talk about? We got eight more minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a podcast. Ooh. We have to go sixty minutes, and we can't go a minute. I don't know the people that put a time limit on their podcast we could go four hours if we want to we could go 33 seconds if we wanted to exactly and i guarantee you there's a couple of listeners out there go why the frick didn't they shut up at 33 seconds yeah or 33 minutes or three minutes and 33 seconds <clears throat> a lot of threes well you know threes are lucky right mm. no not i if guess you're so. Del- not if you're dale earnhardt too soon? No, no, probably not. no, I don't think so. No, no, it's twenty years. <clears throat> Kevin Harvick, you know, probably liked his threes. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been a whole generation of racers since Dale Earnhardt. Because hell, sure. Harvick's retired. All those guys that came after Earnhardt have retired. This. Well, yeah. Did y'all watch 20, any of the race, years, man? Did y'all watch any of the race at the LA Coliseum? Nope. It looked like there wasn't anybody there. Is that the one that had all, uh, I think Tony Watley put a picture up uh, of all the cardboard cutouts there. (laughs) Oh, was it cardboard cutouts? Well, that's what NASCAR does now is they fill the seats with cardboard cutouts. He was making a comparison to fake Instagram. Yeah, they were right. They, they space it out with fake people for, you know, the COVID restrictions and all that. There's no, I was in LA like the weekend before. Trust me. It is it is wide open. Yeah. Yes, they've got stuff in place, and and but there was not a s- slowdown of people at Grand National Roadster Show. I promise you. And they can make NASCAR can make excuses if they want, but uh, if if it would have been something people wanted to go and do, they would have went and done it. Yep. And I mean, I I didn't really i've just seen bits and pieces of it i didn't really watch the race but uh from what i've seen it didn't look like there was that many people there if it would have been a football game that had been people there i promise yeah there's a football game coming up uh sunday night i believe and i bet you that place is packed and it's in los angeles yeah oh there's a football game coming up john's the one telling us about football I was, I'm like, okay, uh, um, I guess. All right. Uh, who's playing in that game? John, do you know? Well, I know the Rams are because I hate the Rams and they have home field advantage. And I believe they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, yeah. Who's the quarterback for the Bengals? Joe Burrow. I'm asking John. Be quiet. Jeez. Wow. Now the last eight minutes get, the get into the Rams. That hatred. I don't know. 
I have no clue. He played at Georgia. Joe Burrow. Is That's nice for him. That's <laughs> here. He played at Georgia. Um, yeah. Is he a bull? His name is Stanford something or other. Yeah, Matthew Stanford. Oh, can they hear me? Oh wait, he's uh, yes. who is it? Wait, what did you just say, Will? Isn't it Matthew Stafford? Didn't he go to University of Michigan? Oh, uh, maybe he did. Maybe I I'm all wrong. Was, I think he was U of M quarterback back quite a while ago. I the wrong. studio audience here is saying thinks it was Georgia, but I'm pretty sure it's Georgia. Oh no, wait. Um, no, I'm sorry. I, he played for the Lions. Stafford played for the Lions. For yeah, me. he played for That's the Lions. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Again, sports, me. Don't don't expect me to know my stuff. <laughs> you know, you kind of knew more tri- history trivia than I did there. Jeez. I couldn't, you know, I was trying to think of the uh, Rams quarterback from when they were in St. Louis. But. Brandy knew all, <laughs> more than all y'all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the female in the studio audience knew more about football than all of us. I just want to know when they're going to walk like an Egyptian. Ooh. I'm just thinking, ooh, I, I, you know, I probably shouldn't say this. I'm going to get slapped in the head. But, you know, Susanna Hoffs was always attractive back then. Uh, the, the Bengals are a good group. They're a little Farrah Fawcett hair to you. Oh, wait. No. I guess she was a little bit Farrah Fawcett-ish. And then, uh, you know, who knows? Well, we just lost every one of our listeners. Actually, That's, no, we didn't. No. We still have people viewing. John, John's got a pretty good question there. A prediction Uh-oh. of attendance of vehicles for the grade eight this year with a two-year buildup. Eight. I'll, I'll eight. be honest. I'll be honest. I'm going to go with eight. John. Huh? <laughs> you go with eight. eight. I'm going uh, with eight. They'll have eight. <laughs> I haven't. Um, I haven't been hearing a lot of buzz about Detroit. Um, I know of one that's supposed, supposedly going to be there, but that's that's it. Um, I'm sure there'll be some cars show up, but it. it from what I can hear, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of talk about a bunch of new cars debuting in Detroit. Um, so, I mean, there was there was a pretty strong twelve at uh, at Grand National, which was really cool. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's always two or three that uh, you know show up, kind of fly under the radar. Some guys you've never heard of always show up with something. Uh, just like the Randwilers did uh, a couple years ago and won it all. So, uh, you know, there'll be something big show up. I just, I haven't been hearing a lot. Normally there's a, there's a lot of talk of, of people going. So. Are you going? No. I was going to go to see the Hirahata Merc because I knew it was going to be there and come to find out. A friend of mine named Dave Shutton, who I need to get on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, we got to get Dave on. Here. Yep, who works for Galloping. Um, they're the ones that bought the Hirahata Merc. So, all oh, right, it showed up at Grand National. So I got to see it. I got to touch it. Dave walked me around it. 
so no, that was my reason for going to Detroit. Now I have no reason to go to Detroit. So no, I am not going. There you go. I have not lost nothing in Detroit. Yeah. All right, we got to go. Hours up. Yeah, yeah say we that just hit that news. sixty minutes. So the podcast rules say we've 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 got to leave. <laughs> My eyeballs tell me I need to go to bed. The podcast gods have spoken. Yeah, I'm about out of wine. So see you next week, John. Have some cheese with that wine. I guess that's a promise that Will's going to be here next week. No, maybe Derek, talking. maybe Sean, maybe I all was, of us. Maybe an interview. I've got was, a couple pending interviews. I but. was talking about our uh, John Leach, our commenter tonight. He's going oh. to be in Tulsa next weekend. So um, so that's that's the next appearance of Dur- uh, Dirty Martini, if you didn't tuned in late. Um, D- uh, Daryl Starbird, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, next weekend. That's it. That's it. Go out. Will charges $2 an autograph for no driving gloves autographs. Oh, that's so sweet of him. Yes. (laughs) Go there. He'll pay you two bucks and he'll give you his autograph. There you go. That works. (laughs) He actually signs his autograph on a $2 bill and gives it to you. Yeah, there you go. John knows me pretty well. I'm going to offer you a beer. (laughs) Get your core signed by Will. No, no cores. Yeah, he's a natty. Well, we're, we're west of Texas. You got to have cores. <laughs> oh, Milwaukee's best light. You know, I bought a six pack of uh, Budweiser Zero, and I'm not a huge beer fan. I don't really enjoy the f- taste. But I bought this thing, and I'm about three bottles or four bottles into it, and I go, why the hell did I buy fake beer when I don't even like beer and I'm getting no reward out of it? Exactly. You know? I was wondering. That's just dumb. Why would you do that? Hey, you know a good way to avoid all of that? Don't drink beer. Beer's good. I got this. You know what's better? better? Scotch. I'm drinking this 19 Crimes Red Blend. Uh, If 19 Crimes would like to sponsor the podcast, that would be perfectly good. Get Snoop. Miller Live. Hashtag Snoop Dogg, and uh, we can get on here. We can talk to Snoop about some of his uh, lowriders and Martha Stewart and whatever. (laughs) Actually, if Snoop wants to come on the show, we'll talk to him about whatever Snoop wants to. And you know me, I'm not a big one to talk about weed, but if Snoop wants to talk about weed, we'll talk about agricultural. (laughs) But you got to be smoking it while you're talking about it. We can have it lit. We can figure something out. All right, cool. Medical purposes, medical purposes. All right, John, shut it down. I'm ready to go. Okay. We're out of here, everybody. Join us next week. Uh, We'll see what's coming up. I can't even give you a preview. Adios. Later, all.